What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to Arrowhead Live. This is episode 15. Uh, we're coming back from a long break here, and uh, this is our first actual Red Friday uh, podcast that's going to be dropping. So as you all guys know, uh, we started in February, um, so this will be our first actual season. Um, I'm Grant. I'm here with my co-host, Ori and Austin. And uh, right now, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into the Tyreek Hill extension rumors from Jason LaConfora um, that, that came out on Thursday. And um, so basically, Jason LaConfora said that the Chiefs have made some moves, uh, clearing some cap space for 2019 in order to sign Tyreek Hill. Um, you guys think those are legit? Um, I don't know, because he's, de- he's definitely had some uh, some sketchy reporting before, things that he said that didn't happen. But uh, I don't know. It could it could be true. Uh, I, I definitely could see them trying to get a deal done with him. Um, but I, I just don't know. I don't know if I should trust him or not at this point. I just don't know what the urgency would be to do it before the season. I mean, like, we've gone the whole off season with the rumors being there, and then they kind of faded away. So I don't know why they would, you know, clear all this space now and have someone talk, or maybe he's just speculating. But I, I don't feel like they feel there's a huge need since they've gone the whole off season without, um, you know, extending him. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't sign before the season. Yeah, and I mean, there's kind of been some rumblings that Tyreek Hill was waiting on um, the status of, like, the legal stuff. Um, so, I mean, he could have been waiting for that, maybe like a custody dispute or something, and he just wanted to focus on that and, and not the contract itself. Um, so I could see it happening before the season, um, but, you know, we'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, and then also, uh, Chris Jones, um, as everybody knows, he's waiting on an extension as well. Um, and what what do you think? The Tyreek Hill, if Tyreek Hill were to get an extension, what do you think that would mean for, for Chris Jones and the deal that he wants? I mean, ideally, it would mean that his deal would be coming along, you know, soon too. But if it didn't, I don't know, that might be kind of demoralizing for Jones, seeing that they've both kind of been working for it all offseason. Um, and Jones has been a little more, I don't know, I don't know if vocal is the right word to use, but he's been pursuing it, it seems like a little more than Tyreek has. So I don't know if that would put Jones in the best mindset. I think Jones would be probably, I don't think he'd be upset that Tyreek got a deal because, I mean, obviously he's a big part of the offense and um, it helps the team in general. But uh, I think it would definitely kind of make him wonder why his deal isn't getting done quicker. Uh, They might think that Tyreek, he might feel that Tyreek's more important to the team than he is. And he's definitely the anchor of our defense. So that might make him a little upset. But, um, I don't know. It, it it kind of shows like the priorities of the Chiefs, and maybe that, that might make him a little upset if he thinks he's less of a priority than Tyreek when he uh, and he needs his, his deal done as well. Yeah, I mean, we do know that uh, Tyreek Hill's deal was pretty close to done before everything happened. Um, I know, I think it was Schefter or Rappaport. I don't remember who it was, but they said that Tyreek Hill was about to get a deal that would make him the highest paid wide receiver in the league at the time. And then all that crap happened. So, you know, that put Tyree Kill's deal on the back burner. And um, so, I mean, they could have just picked up right where they had left off with Tyree Kill. Um, So it's possible that that's why Tyree Kill's deal is ahead of of Jones. But, you know, I'd like to think that if Tyree Kill gets a deal, that Jones' deal would come soon after. Um, But we'll just have to wait and see on that. 
Um, really quick, a preseason recap um, and what players we think impressed and which players we think disappointed. Um, so basically, what, pl- what players played their way onto the roster and which players played their way off of the roster. Um, personally, I think guys that that really impressed me um, was Darwin Thompson. He was always going to make the roster. I mean, unless he was just absolutely terrible, but um, he really impressed me. Uh, Jeremiah Tauchu really impressed me in in week four as well. But as we know, he was released. Um, And then players who disappointed, um, you know, Carlos Hyde is the obvious answer there. Um, And then another guy, it wasn't his play that disappointed me, but it was just disappointing that we didn't get to see him was Gary Dieter. Because I kind of had high hopes for him coming into the season uh, that he could make the roster and, and finally be a contributor for the team. Um, but he dealt with the back injury, and he never really made it back, and then he was placed on IR. So um, what about you, Austin? Um, I don't know. I I was pretty impressed with Jody Fortson the last um, the last game. And he, you know, he didn't make the team, but he's on the practice squad. And I think that's a good place to be right now. The Chiefs have a lot of talent at the wide receiver position so I'm I'm content with him going there and I'm pretty sure he's probably pretty content with being there as well I know he probably thought he could contribute on the special team side but you know practice squad is definitely better than being cut yeah and as for me I, I think that I start off with uh Hardman I think he's definitely impressed he's got a, I think a touchdown in each game he's had significant snaps in um you know he's looked good to be another weapon from Holmes um you know, and I, I get that he's like the, he's a first round pick. So or not a first round pick, our first pick in the draft. So um, I know that'll I know that kind of it gives him expectations. But um, I think he's going to do well for us. And he has, has looked good. Uh, someone that kind of was kind of unfortunate that he had to go was Gary Johnson. I know Grant was pretty high on him for a while there. Um, you know, he just I guess didn't they didn't think he fit with what they were trying to do. And uh, it was kind of disappointing because, you know, he was flying around and it was a guy that we had our eye on. So, yeah, that was a little disappointing. Yeah, so moving on to the next topic, uh, the roster breakdown. Um, a couple of things that surprised me about the rosters, as I mentioned, uh, Jeremiah Tauchu was cut after he made the roster. Um, and then we have 10 offensive linemen and five defensive tackles. Um, so, I mean, naturally you would think that um, moves will be made. I mean, they have to bring Claiborne back after week four and cut a guy. And then they have to bring D'Anthony Thomas back after this week and uh, cut a guy uh, to open up his spot as well. Um, so, you know, you could see a couple guys uh, moved out of those two position groups. Um, but, yeah, 10 offensive linemen and five defensive tackles was pretty surprising for me. I saw somewhere between eight and nine offensive linemen and then um, probably – four defensive tackles after the Breland Speaks injury um, because he can play inside or outside. Um, But other than that, what do you guys think? I think that uh, something that was kind of a little surprising was uh, the re-signing of uh, D'Anthony Thomas. I know that he's kind of a fan favorite type guy, but we have a lot of players that, uh, you know, we have this, we're all all about our speed and everything like that. You know, everybody, it's it's fun to watch, but uh, it's a little, a little odd that they brought him back and then, uh, the report came out, yeah, I think it was today, that uh, Tyreek and Traymond are going to be both the both returners. So uh, that's not going to have that spot. So it's a little weird to see how where he'll fit in. Yeah, he's it's good for depth, and he knows the system pretty well. But uh, it was just kind of it was kind of odd just uh, when we have um, you know a lack of cornerbacks and things like that that 
Um, we should probably most people would think that they would have addressed first. Yeah, another thing about the D'Anthony Thomas um, signing is he's going to be suspended for uh, the first game of the year, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah just first, the first game. Yeah, which I don't know. I mean, maybe you throw Fortson on the team first week and see how he does, and then put him on a practice squad, um, and then sign D'Anthony Thomas instead of you know, I, I don't know. I just think that Thompson or Fortson could have maybe contributed a little more other than just being fast for the offense. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. It's interesting because uh, with DeAnthony Thomas, you know, he's suspended now, so he's not a part of the 53-man roster. But after week one, um, he will be a part of the 53-man. Or they'll have to clear a spot to bring him onto the 53-man roster. And I kind of get what you're saying, like, why not just go with Fortson or or Cody Thompson over DeAnthony Thomas, especially if they think that Tyreek Hill and Tremont Smith are the guys, um, are the returners for Tobe. And, I mean, DeAnthony Thomas, you know, one of his best um, traits is that he's a really, really good returner. Um, so it is kind of interesting. I wonder what his role is going to be um, So if, if he's not a returner. Um, so let's move on to a couple realistic trades that we'd like to see. Um, Austin, why don't you start us off there? Okay, I don't think it's too much of a reach to say that it's later on in the season when Patrick Peterson is not suspended or getting close to being unsuspended if the Chiefs don't try and make a move for him, um, depending on how, how many moves they've made up until that point and how the cornerbacks have done. Um, I don't know. I just think he would be a good addition for us, you know, good veteran player. And if we work on finding some people up until then and we just don't find anything that we like, I don't think he's the worst option. Yeah, and I'm, it, the Patrick Peterson thing is interesting because, um, you know, there's been reports for over the last year, last season and this offseason, that the Chiefs were pursuing Patrick Peterson, you know, and then he got suspended. So that kind of threw a wrench into things. But, um, you know... One of the things that's interesting to me is the Chiefs tried to trade for Earl Thomas last year, and then they tried to sign him again this year. And Earl Thomas, as we all know, got hurt right before the Chiefs were supposed to trade for him. And so if the Chiefs are going to trade for a cornerback, um, I would expect that they say, look, like you guys need to bench this player as soon as we agree to a deal um, because we don't want that situation to happen again that, that happened with Earl Thomas. Um, but anyway, Ori, what do you think about a possible trade? Yeah, so I think that going along those lines, um, you could maybe trade one of our offensive linemen uh, for one for for a decent cornerback. Uh, maybe you know, maybe throwing something else for them, depending on their their level, their skill level. Um, but when you look at the the depth chart for our cornerbacks, it's a little bit sketchy. And once you get past, if one guy gets hurt, it's it's going to be rough on on the outside, especially when you have uh Breland say if Breland got hurt then you have you know you have Fenton coming in pretty pretty quickly there and then after that that's we don't have anybody like that's pretty much it so it's uh it's a little sketchy it'd be nice to have some cornerback depth uh rather than having 10 offensive linemen so maybe doing something along those lines would uh definitely benefit the, the depth chart yeah, and, and like you said, you know, if one of the Chiefs starting cornerbacks goes down, they're going to be in trouble, which is which is true because 
Um, I mean, it's Breland and Breland Fuller, and then Claiborne, who's obviously out for four weeks. And uh, if one of those guys go down, then they're going to be starting Fitton um, in the first four weeks. Um, Targeted and, crazy <laughs> or Fitton reward, and I I don't know. I just don't think that's a, a good situation to put yourself in. But um, in the same breath, you know, I I would be interested to see what they what the cornerback group currently can do before they make a big trade um and you know if those guys aren't good enough uh then obviously i i think veach will go out and pursue a trade and um you know one guy that i would love to target is aj boyer um i think it'd be a big help for uh the jaguars cap wise um to move on from aj boyer this year um and then roll the cap over into 2020 and um, that would give them enough cap space to sign Jalen Ramsey, especially after they just signed Miles Jack. So, you know, we'll see. A.J. Boye would be my guy if the Chiefs are going to go after someone. But, you know, obviously if the Jaguars are competing at a high level, then it's unlikely that they're going to move on from Boye at this time. Uh, moving into the next topic, uh, it's the key stat predictions for the season. Um, so I'll go, I'll go first on, on the first topic here. Uh, Mahomes yards and TDs. You know, I'm not sure how realistic it is that Mahomes is going to go for 5,050 this year, um, but I'm not sure how realistic it is to expect him to regress either. And so, honestly, um, I think he's gonna. I do think he's gonna break one of Manning's passing records, either passing yards or passing TDs this year. Um, it'd be crazy if he broke both, and heck, it'd be crazy if he went back to back that 5,050. So. Um, you know, I can't, I'm not, I wouldn't say I expect that to happen. Um, but with the way things are going and, and, you know, the way Mahomes has progressed and, you know, hoping that he cuts down on some of the bad decisions that he made during the year. Um, you know, I'll go with, uh, 4,800 yards and 56 TDs. What do you guys think? Holy cow. Wow. That's, wow. that's, that's a bold statement. Uh, I don't know about all that, but I, I'm going to go with, uh, for yards, I'm going to say 4,300. And for touchdowns, I'm going to say 42. Okay. Okay. Austin? Yeah, okay. So I'm going to kind of go in between both of you. So I'm going to go with 4,800 yards, but then I'm going to go closer to 50. We'll, we'll say 50 touchdowns this, okay. this year. All yeah. right. So you're – you basically have the same prediction as me, but six less touchdowns. Right. Yeah. So a little more realistic. Yeah. I know. Mine's crazy, but you know, you guys, you guys saw my my uh, full stat predictions, and I'm not waning on the side of realistic at this point. You know, I'm pretty hyped up. So, um, the next one is Chris Jones and Frank Clark uh, sacks. Um, I do think Chris Jones is going to go down just a little bit in sacks, um, especially with Frank Clark. Um, I think Chris Jones will end up with 12 and a half sacks and I'll go with 16 and a half for Frank Clark. So what is that? That's 29 total, right? Yeah. 16 and a half, huh? Yeah. I think Frank Clark, I mean, in Spagnolo's scheme, I think Frank Clark is going to go crazy. So, um, I mean, he applied, he got sacks at a higher rate than almost anybody in the league last year. Um, he really wasn't put out there on that many pass rush snaps relative uh, to other guys like D Ford, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack. And, um, you know, if, if they keep Frank Clark out there and they keep him, uh, you know, 
as a pass rusher and not drop him into coverage like Bob Sutton was dropping Justin Houston into coverage last year, then I'll, I'll go 16 and a half for Frank and 29 total. What do you guys think? I'm going to go with, uh, let me see here. For Chris Jones, I'm going to take 13. And for Clark, I'm going to go 14. I think they're going to be right around the same, uh, right around the same, but I'm going to give one, give the edge to Clark by one. All right, I think I'm going to go with 14 for Jones and then 15 for Clark. Uh, I think Chris Jones is still going to eat this year, and I think they're going to be one of the best pass-rushing duos in the NFL this season. Okay, okay, so you're going with 29 just like me. Ori's yeah. a little bit lower, but um, he's got he's got Chris Jones with more sacks than I do. So um, moving on to the next one, uh, let's go Tyreek Hill yards and Travis Kelsey yards. Um, I think, I honestly think both of them are going to go down just a little bit this year. Um, I think Sammy Watkins is going to stay healthy and, you know, Meikle Hardman is going to get quite a bit of targets as well. And, uh, so I think Mahomes is going to have to spread it around a little bit more. So I'll go with 1300 receiving yards for Tyreek Hill. Um, and then I'll go 1250 receiving yards for Kelsey. Um, with that being said, I think their touchdowns are going to stay around the same. Um, but the, the yards are going to go down just a little bit simply because, you know, Mahomes has even more weapons this year than he did last year. Okay, yeah. So going pretty similar to that, I'm going to have Tyreek at uh, around 1,200 and then Kelsey um, at like 11,500, 11, probably around there. That's what I'd go with. Um, yeah, like you said, the uh, those are those are still great numbers, but they're going to have to spread it. They're going to spread it around a little bit with Hardman, and uh, definitely they'll probably have some screens with uh, McCoy, and a lot that's going to take up some uh, some passing yards. They're going to have they're just going to have so many weapons this year that it's going to be hard to get somebody you know and the the crazy numbers that they were before. And for y'all listening, I think Ori meant. 1150 yards not 11,500 yards oh yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i am gonna predict 11,500 yards for tyreek this year no I'm, I'm actually gonna piggyback off of you guys and kind of go the same route uh tyreek's probably gonna have around 1300 and kelsey is probably gonna have around 1100 um just based off the same reasons as you guys i i still you know Mahomes is still going to go off and still going to be one of the best offenses in the league, but there's just going to be more guys touching the ball this year. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, especially with um, they have Damian Williams, who's going to be a 50-50 guy or somewhere close to that with LaShawn McCoy. And then we're going to have Darwin Thompson in there as well. So, you know, I think they're going to want to get those guys quite a bit of targets um, as receivers as well because, you know, Andy Greed loves to use the running backs um, out of the backfield as pass catchers. So moving on to the next one, it's Tyron Matthew turnovers. So as we all know, um, you know he can force some fumbles and he and he'll pick off some passes as well. Um, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with three interceptions and three forced fumbles for Tyron Matthew. Um, you know I think that's actually a pretty conservative prediction. Um, you know I I could see a scenario where you know he just goes crazy with the forced fumbles aggressive I mean especially in Steve Spagnuolo's aggressive style in the way that he uses um, his safeties in the box um, so we'll see with Tyron Matthew I think he's going to be a huge huge piece of the Chiefs defense this year as important as Eric Barrett has been in the past until he got hurt um, so Tyron Matthew's going to come in 
He's going to hit it off with a six turnover year, three interceptions, and three forced fumbles. Austin, what do you think? Um, I, I think that Tyran's probably going to go off this year. I think he's going to probably have around eight, eight turnovers. Um, okay. You okay. know, probably two to three interceptions, and then the rest being forced fumbles. He's gonna he's gonna be flying around the field. I think he's got. He's going to have a lot to prove in the Chiefs. The atmosphere at the games is going to be something that he probably hasn't experienced uh, too often other than LSU. So um, I think that's just the whole defense and offensive side of the ball. But, you know, for him specifically, the, off- the defensive side of the ball is going to be uh, pretty electric this year for the Chiefs. Right. So I'm, gonna just, I'm actually going to go at around seven. That's why I'm, I'm going to stick with seven. I'm going to say that he's going to have four interceptions. I think he's going to pick off the ball more than people think he will. And I think that he's going to have uh, three forced fumbles. Uh, I don't know if you guys w- were watching watch the franchise, but uh, when he was working on Kelsey in that, I don't know what drill it was, but he was just one-on-one with Kelsey. He was knocking the ball out of his hands almost every time. And I think that um, some people start to turn up field. He's going to get a lot of forced fumbles. So, um, yeah, he's definitely going to be a big part of the defense. And uh, I think he's going to uh, do pretty well. Yeah, so moving on to the next topic, uh, we're going to jump into keys of the game for week one against the Jaguars. Um, One thing I'd like to see is uh, Mahomes to improve from the Jags game last year. Um, He so he didn't throw any interception or any touchdowns. That was the only game of the year in which Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown and he threw two interceptions. And that was one of the games where Mahomes clearly left a lot on the field. And, uh, you know, he missed some throws. He missed some wide-open guys. And his game statistically probably should have gone gone a lot better than it did last year. Um, so one of the things that I'm looking for is for Mahomes to improve um, against the Jags and, you know, uh, clean up some of those mistakes that he made last year um, in that game and in other ones as well. So then, yeah, the next thing why we go with is uh, Tyree Kill. Um, you know, his whole battle he had going on with Ramsey when it was the, you know, they're going back and forth on social media and, uh, Ramsey said he was going to lock him up. Ty- I mean, and for the most part, he played pretty good defense on him. He did, ha- Tyreek did burn him that one time. Uh, but it just, it's, it's impossible for anybody to cover Tyreek hundred percent of the time, almost just cause he can, even if he didn't have the very good fundamentals, his speed would just get him, get him by. But I think that, uh, I think that. Ramsey did a pretty good job on him last year, and I think that Hill's going to remember that. And um, we'll see if Ramsey does any talking before this game. Uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. It'll be definitely a fun matchup. I'm interested to see how the defense improves from last year to this year. Um, obviously, you know we added a lot of key pieces this offseason, but I think that the Jags' offense is going to be a lot better this year with Nick Foles. So even though we did improve a lot on the defensive side. Um, I don't know if the outcome is going to be that much different since they actually have a true quarterback this this game, and they're not going to be just giving us turnovers left and right. Yeah, I wouldn't call Nick Foles a true quarterback. I mean, he's a good quarterback, but um, you know he hasn't been able to stick anywhere as a starter for a reason. Um, but I mean, who knows? Who knows? Nick Foles. I don't really. I'm not. I'm not a Doug Marone believer. Um, so we'll see how he schemes up Foles. But you know, he's he's a. Uh, played under Andy Reid, um, so we'll see how, you know, Andy Reid is able to 
scheme against Nick Foles because he's seen pretty much all he can do. So um, moving on to the next one for um, is uh, score predictions uh, for week one against the Jaguars. Uh, Ori, why don't you start us off with your score prediction for the week? All right, so I'm, I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to play pretty conservative for our, for our offensive. Uh, you know, a lot of people are going to be taking pretty high numbers. I think the Jaguars defense is, is going to be pretty decent still. I'm going to go with uh, 28-14 Chiefs. Okay. Um, I'm also going to go relatively conservative, um, but a little bit higher. Um, I'll go 31 31- 21 Chiefs. I'm going to go with 35 21 Chiefs. Oh, Austin's going not so conservative. Not so conservative. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that's that about wraps it up for this week, guys. Um, those are our score predictions for the week. So, you know, keep an eye um, out on those. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll hit on a few of these this year and, you know, we'll just feel cool about ourselves and whatnot. So, um, in closing, uh, make sure you guys check out our Bobby Bell giveaway. It's pinned to our profile on Twitter. Um, also, we've been tweeting recently about the House of Hoodies um, promo. Me and Ori have each have a Mahomes um, hoodie, and you know, I, I know some a lot of people think that some of these uh, these hoodies are kind of goofy looking, um, but they really are really comfortable, and you know, they'd be perfect for um for the cold days of of football season and uh they're nice to lie around in and watch football games and whatnot so um you know you guys check that out use code arrowhead live um for 20 percent off um of house of hoodies website and uh go grab yourself a custom chiefs hoodie or a custom you know any mlb hoodie nhl hoodie or uh nba hoodie i'm sorry about that um Yeah, so go ahead and check out House of Hoodies. We'll be tweeting about that uh, frequently. Um, And then lastly, Austin is going to be doing a weekly highlight video, um, basically recapping uh, each game of the week. Um, So keep keep an eye out on that shortly after games um, each week as well. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, This is Arrowhead Live. Uh, We'll be back next week. Y'all have a great week and enjoy the game on Sunday. Go Chiefs. Have a good one, guys. Go Chiefs.